This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 from the World English Bible. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified, even as also with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you both do and will do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and into the perseverance of Christ. And so the apostles, they requested prayer. And initially, the the first priority, or the first mention anyway, their heart's desire, I think, is expressed here when he asked that you would pray that the word of God would spread and that it would have the same impact in others that it had among the church in Thessalonica. And then secondly, their second concern is uh, for themselves in a sense, but I think it's couched in this idea of the word of God spreading, that the Lord would deliver them from evil men, not just because they were scared of persecution, but these evil men were opposing the message. And so they were saying, may God help us and grant us the ability in this climate to be able to be a witness. I I wonder if you would compare that to today where we have plenty of opportunity and relative ease uh, in expressing and sharing. And it's so difficult for us to even share the message sometimes with friends who are partial for us instead of uh, being against us like what they faced at that time. How many today would be willing to risk bodily uh, injury for the sake of the gospel and would say, well, pray that somehow we're going to be able to spread the word even in this present crisis. And then they also shared a, a, a request for uh, to God, I guess, for the saints of Thessalonica. And again, their desire of their heart is expressed here. And, and that's that the church that they had established um, would be would be led into God's love and that it would have the same perseverance uh, of Christ or that Christ would give them perseverance. And so just as Christ was faithful to fulfill his ministry, that his will and his plan and his purpose for the church would be fulfilled. Verse 6, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother who walks in rebellion, and not after the tradition which they receive from us. For you know how you ought to imitate us, for we didn't behave ourselves rebelliously among you, neither did we eat bread from anyone's hand without praying for it. Paying for it, sorry. That's good to pray for it too. Without paying for it, but in labor and travail worked night and day that we might not burden any of you. Not because we don't have the right, but to make ourselves an example to you that you should imitate us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this if anyone is not willing to work, don't let him eat. For we hear of some who walk among you in rebellion, who don't work at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are that way, we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ that they work with quietness and eat their own bread. So there's a couple of things here um, that are important. First, we see that um, even these relatively young believers were instructed to know the other believers that um, 
dwelt among them and to make a godly judgment whether they were someone that would be beneficial for them um, to fellowship with. And they were commanded to withdraw themselves from people that were rebellious. I found rebellious is a very rebellion is a very contagious disease and dissatisfied people and grumblers and complainers and that obstinate mindset. If you're surrounded by it, um, it's very easy for it to impact you. And so I heard a preacher say a long time ago that people are like elevators. They pull you up or pull you down. And there's some version of that repeatedly mentioned in the epistles uh, that we've got to be careful, particularly with those that are our brothers, because they're going to have more influence on us than the world. People who are within the church, but not living like God called the church to live. And so he told them, separate yourself from believers that are in rebellion and then he told us also that some of these people that were rebellious and troublemakers and weren't doing their part it wasn't just a doctrinal problem it wasn't just a submission to leadership problem but beyond that it seems to be a selfishness problem because um, they're not even working and many times the loudest complainers are the ones who are doing the least. And we can cater to people who aren't contributing. And so Paul said, you saw our example when we were there. We worked. We had the right to, to ask of you. We were here doing the ministry of the Lord. But we were trying so hard to be an example and teach you that there are Certainly, there's spiritual truths that we believe in, but practically living your faith out requires you to do your part, to to work, to to take care of your own burdens as much as possible. And so he said, we were an example to you so you would imitate us. And so he said, I'm giving you a commandment. If anyone's not willing to work, don't let them eat. And many, many, many people today in the name of Christ are breaking this commandment. Um, what we've seen is we can become enablers of bad behavior. Um, most people listening to this podcast can probably think of a, a family or parents who cover so much for their child that their child is spoiled and has never faced any consequences. What they're doing out of love is counterproductive. Well, the same is true if people continually have a handout and we just fill their hand with money and with food and with uh, every necessity and never require any responsibility, any contribution from them, it stunts their growth. They, they never become who they can be. They never become an asset. And so we need to be careful that we're not more generous than God commanded us to be or more generous than the Lord is. There's a principle of the scripture that you reap what you sow. You sow. And this idea of work goes all the way back to creation, even before the fall. It was accentuated after the fall. But when God first created Adam, he, he put him in the garden and told him he was to cultivate or to tend the garden. The idea that, that you work and, and you get to the benefit of the labor of your hands um, were not intended to be a welfare state. And I think this applies, obviously, to physical needs. 
but it also applies to physical, I mean, to spiritual aspects as well. Everyone needs to find some way in the church that they can contribute to fully experience its blessing because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so this commandment um, that came from Paul is about personal responsibility and personal ownership. And all of these certainly are the mindset you have to have as a believer if you're going to make it through all the temptations and trials of life as well. And so there's the practical side of the church being able to meet the needs of its members who truly are needy. But there's also a spiritual lesson here. And so Paul said, if if you have people in the church that are troublemakers, that are busybodies, that are rebellious, that are lazy, separate yourself from them. And then he said, and we command them in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's using the authority of Jesus here that they've got to learn to work quietly and to eat their own bread, to take care of their own. Verse 13, but you brothers... Don't be weary in doing what is right. If any man doesn't obey our word in this letter, note that man, that you have no company with him, to the end that he may be ashamed. Don't count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. And here we see the balance. Um, Many times, because of our love for one another, it's hard to really hold each other accountable, especially when someone is is obviously... um, not fulfilling their responsibility, not fulfilling their ministry, living below their calling, compromising. And it's it's very difficult as a pastor, as a minister sometimes, to approach someone you love and to challenge them. Paul gives us the balance here. They're not your enemy. They're your brother. But when they're your brother, he said, keep your distance, distance yourself, Take note of the people that won't obey the words of the epistle. Um, He said, don't have company with them. Don't join yourself to them so that they can realize that there is a a line of demarcation between the, the believers and themselves, between what the church is doing and what they're doing. And they may feel a sense of shame. It may help them to recognize that they're living below their calling and not walking in the faith as they should. And and hopefully that will lead them to repentance. But he he tried to be very clear that they are not our enemy. Uh, And the pendulum swings very strong both ways. Some people can refuse to correct anyone. Their love just uh, blinds them and, and they're not either able to see it or they don't have the courage to speak it. I'm talking about people who are in authority and need to address issues. On the other hand, there are people who can be so harsh um, that they mark people with indelible ink and they can never be forgiven or restored. And, and we're told the spiritual seek to restore. And so they so separate themselves that they make it impossible for someone to come back to God or to grow into their calling or the ministry. And so he said, if there is corrective action that's needed, remember, this is not your enemy. This is your brother. And you want to admonish him or correct him as a brother. Um, verse number 16. Now may the Lord of, pe- of peace himself give you peace at all times and always. The Lord be with you all. The greeting of me, Paul, with my own hand, which is the sign in every letter. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now, he addressed 
um, issues in the church. He addressed correcting those that were falling short. And he's not trying to create contention. Um, in fact, he's trying to do the opposite. He's trying to address situations before they blow up into something bigger. And so he's actually writing them with the intention of there being peace in the church. In fact, he said, May the, the Lord of peace give you peace at all times and in all ways. And may the Lord be with you. And so this final greeting of Paul, he closes with this prayer or blessing. Um, and he he prays or, or, or seeks that the peace of God the presence of God, and then the grace of Jesus Christ would be with them. And man, isn't that a great prayer to pray over people, that God's peace, God's presence, and God's grace would be with you. So let's pray that right now as we close out this letter. I I do want to remind you we'll have another episode tomorrow. I want to invite you to join us. Let's pray together here. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask that you would convict us, that you would help us, that you would help us as Christians to follow your word, to follow your example. I pray for the leadership in our churches, Lord, that we could truly be led of your spirit, that you would give us courage, but even more so that you would give us love, Lord. Help us to speak the truth in love. I pray for all the listeners that you would bring peace in our lives, in our families, in our churches, that you would let us experience your peace, your presence, and your grace, and you would carry us on to glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.